This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Episode number 72 of the Healthy Scratch interview segment. I'm Noah Grant, joined alongside my co-host and Nick Maxson. And we have another Nick joining the show today. And um, referring back to you, the original Nick, the original, the OG, if you will. Mr. Or something, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Maxson. Uh, what were your impressions of this interview? Um, I, I know he's up in the higher ranks of uh, the hockey world, but uh, from my point of view, very intellectual. You can tell he hasn't been interviewed a lot. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it's actually a compliment, right? Because, you know, I, I think as athletes, you know, when you deal with the media, you kind of get into a kind of a habit of just kind of some cliche answers and whatnot. But no, uh, again, former Husky, uh, very successful career again with St. Cloud State uh, is edging quite the sex, uh, successful career at the National Hockey League level. Um, very, like you mentioned, uh, just very thoughtful, very articulate, uh, very, very great interview and a lot of good backstories too, to not only how, um, he got to the NHL, but also uh, sometimes again uh, down in the minors, uh, some of the players and coaches he dealt with. So it's, it's, it's a really, really good interview. I think a lot of folks are going to enjoy this one. Yeah, I definitely agree as well. I always think it's cool to, I mean, I mean you see Nick Dowd and these guys on TV and to hear about, you know, his story about Alex Ovechkin and things like that. You know, there's it's just, it's sometimes surreal, I think, it, think in some ways. And we won't keep you waiting for this one. As always, episode number 72 with Nick Dowd on the Healthy Scratch interview segment. to the Den Husky and Warming House podcast fans. It is episode number 72 and joined us for a special, special interview is former St. Cloud State University forward, uh, Nick Dowd. Nick, uh, thank you again for joining us uh, and uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me, Nick. No, I really appreciate it. And always excited to reconnect with uh, anybody uh, via St. Cloud. So this is exciting. Nick, uh, I do want to point out, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, but you are a little late to the show as far as the uh, the time is concerned. Would you like to inform the listeners as to uh, what you were up to? Yeah, well, uh, obviously new father, 18 or 19 months ago. So um, I want to blame it on my kid, uh, Louie. And um, it's great because at this age, they can't uh, argue back. So um, <laughs> Lou's going to take all the blame, which is perfectly fine because uh, he does – consistently make me lead for everything. Um, and on top of it, I think I was probably just trimming up this mustache that I just shaved yesterday. Um, and that, that probably took a little bit of time too. That looks pretty solid. Uh, Nick, I also got to ask too, uh, why the name Louie? Any, any reason in particular, how'd you come up with that one? Yeah, nothing in particular. Uh, my wife liked it, uh, a while ago. Well, a while ago, meaning is a while ago before Lou was born and 
I wasn't super on board with it. And then I kind of came around and yeah, you know, it, it, uh, I like it now. He's got a Louis Henry Allen. So he's got his, um, uh, kind of little, um, tribute to his both grandparents, both granddads, uh, took their first names as his middle names. So, um, yeah, so that's how we came up with it. Nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> uh, Nick, you know, as far as, you know, life events are concerned, you know, I'm sure there's so many great <laughs> hockey memories you have. We'll get into those here in just a little bit, but, uh, you know, talk about what it's like, uh, you know, you said being a new father uh, again, uh, you know, your, your son, uh, just a little bit over a year old, what was that process like? And, uh, I guess what's, what's been the reward of, of being a, a dad? Yeah. I mean, it, it's been good. I think at the time we had Lou, um, about four to, f- uh, five weeks, maybe five weeks early, um, which was a little challenging. Uh, I think we, you know, we, we were in a rental house in Arlington, which is most, most, uh, NHL guys are, um, unless you're fortunate enough to, to own a house in your, in your city, but, um, we were in our rental house and I think we, we expected to have that, you know, when someone gives you a due date of a baby, uh, you expect it to come on that due date when it's your first kid, you don't think like, Oh, this will come early. Right. That's not a thing. So when Lou came five weeks early, I was in the hot tub. We were about to play the Islanders. Um, I'm sitting next to John Carlson and me and Carly are kind of rubbing our eyes. It's a 1230 game on a Sunday. Um, it's new year, new year's Eve. And, uh, you know, we're excited to play this 1230 game. Cause I mean, personally, I love afternoon games. Cause then you get done, you got the whole day to have a nice dinner, get some sleep. And then, you know, you might even be lucky enough, like we were to have the next day off and that night was new year's Eve. So the fellows, we'd already set up a nice dinner. We're going to have some nice drinks and, and, and it was going to be a good night. And my wife was going to be a sober cab. So that was even better. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so we're sitting in the hot tub and I, I do distinctly remember like kind of sitting there and be like, man, like we gotta get ready for this game. This is going to be Islanders going to be a tough team, uh, especially on a Sunday afternoon. And, um, and then all of a sudden I get out of the hot tub and our hockey ops guy, uh, comes in and he's like, Hey Nick, I think your wife's going into labor. And I was kind of like, like right away, I was like, bullshit. Like, you know, and, um, and so he's sitting there like, no, seriously, he doesn't have any kids. Uh, so I kind of looked, we looked at each other. I don't have any kids. And I'm like, well, should I play the game? And he's like, I don't know, man. So then my, uh, I talked to my wife on the phone. She's kind of in tears a little bit. And, um, she's like, yeah, like they told me like my water broke, you know, we're having a baby today. And I remember in that moment, I was like, holy, holy shit, man. Like I'm going to be a dad today, not on you know, January 29th, when they told me I was supposed to be a dad and I could have had the whole crib, like nothing was built. Not that you need a crib at that age, but you know, the room wasn't ready. Like it was just kind of like, you know, we we're going to expect those last five weeks to get this stuff prepped. And, um, yeah. And then my coach comes in, uh, and, uh, he obviously had kids, older guy. And he was like, yeah, I was like, Hey, can I, like, should I play? I don't know. Like it's 12 30 game here. I don't know how long does this stuff take? And he's like, no, you got to go. So, I, uh, got dressed right away. All the guys are kind of like, Dollar, what are you doing, man? And I was like, Oh, you know, my, you know, my kids, my wife went to labor. And, um, I'll never forget. I sat there and I was, I was putting on my tie and my buddy Hath, uh, Hathaway was like, he was like, man, just get out of here. What are you doing? Put your tie on. So I was like, all right. So I, I, you know, I got scrammed out of there, went all the way home, uh, went to the hospital in my suit. Cause I was just like, so like out of it. And my wife's like sitting there and was cool. Uh, you know, the process is a longer process. And, uh, she was like, you need to go home and change out your suit. So I went home, changed out of my suit, came back. And, um, yeah, 18 months later, you know, back to your question is that, you know, it's been, it's been unbelievable. I think, uh, it's funny cause you're always pushing to get to the next stage with a kid, you know, that you have the kid and you're like, man, this is, this is the toughest thing you've ever done. 
And then you get to the next stage and you're like, all right, the last stage was so easy compared to this stage. And, uh, you know, Lou is, Lou is gone from, he just ate and slept and pooped all day, which we thought was really hard because you're not getting any sleep. He's like a little terrorist. And, uh, and then he goes into like, like uh, a kamikaze pilot where it's like everything in the room is, is, you know, ready to explode and he's moving everywhere. He's slashing everybody. Uh, he scored, we, you know, we, we have mini nets that mini nets that my brother got me. And every time we score a goal, we have to jump on dad's shoulders and run around the room singing, we are the champions. And it's like, <laughs> my man, I was like, sometimes he's going to score a goal and he wants to do that. I'm like, buddy, you gotta score a goal first before we can celebrate. That's just how it goes. So, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been super rewarding. Um, you know, and it's something that, you know, you can't explain it. You can't understand it until you do it, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been good. Yeah. I, I like how you talk about, uh, that's such a true hockey player thing to talk about, like the development of your child is like, you're developing like a pro, like, yeah, if we're going to get him to this camp, we get him to do this. It's going to be great. So, yeah. uh, two guys that you mentioned, I, I kind of being on your line there, uh, Hathaway, and then it's Carl Hagelin is the other one that's been on, on your unit kind of for the caps, uh, as you're entering uh, the last year, I believe of your contract, um, you know, what's it been like playing with that guys? And another guy that got resigned and Alex Ovechkin, I mean, the first time he walked in the room and saw Ovi in there was a kind of a surreal experience or were you, you know, accustomed to being with the big dogs after being, you know, with Drew Doughty and the Kings and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, back to the first question, I, I think it's been awesome playing with half and hacks. I think we've become pretty close. Uh, and we, you know, we were the only guys to be fortunate enough to stay together all year last year, which you get to create a lot of chemistry with each other and, you know, you get that freedom and, and you're not worried about getting split up. And, uh, it was really good. I think, you know, playing under Lavi was really beneficial for all three of us and, uh, we found good roles, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Hath is one of my really, really good buddies on the team. Um, you know, we spend quite a bit of time together and, and, uh, Hags is, <laughs> Hags is, is right up there too. Um, we don't spend as much time together, but when we're at the rink, obviously we're on the same line. So, um, he's been a good guy to learn from and he's been through it all. You know, he's been a top line guy and he's been a bottom six guy. And, um, so it's been good, but yeah, to Ovi's, uh, to talk about Ovi is, yeah. I mean, I, I think like I've have played with some really big time players. And when I was a rookie walking in with Kopi and, uh, Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty and Dustin Brown, and, you know, especially like Brownie, uh, and Kopi guys like that, like that was a little bit not overwhelming but you're kind of like oh man this is like big time like this is it right and, and um you know playing with luch like i love luch i remember my first moment where i ever felt like i'd actually like really made it and i and i was i was after like it was after the warm-ups of like my first after my second game warm-ups um we were playing edmonton at home and i was just called up and we just played the wild on the road and uh i was walking down the tunnel after warmups, uh, walking down the tunnel, as fans don't know this, but you get off, you drop your gloves off with your equipment guy as you're getting off the rink and they put them on the rack and start to dry and it gets them all nice and crispy, whatever. Everyone likes to do it. But Luch is in front of me and he's like 10 steps down the hallway. And I kind of had my head down. You're not thinking about much. You're getting ready for the game. And I looked up and I just saw Luch each on the back of the jersey. <laughs> and I, was like, I was just like, holy shit, man, this is awesome. Like, you know, and, and this is like who I get to share my experience with. And, and um, you know, he, he probably has no clue about that, but it was, uh, it was just, that was my very first moment where I was like, this is, this is it. And, uh, but with, with, with uh, big man, Obi is, yeah, I walked into my first day and my, I actually sit next to O in the practice rink where we spend like 90% of our time. 
Um, so when I looked up and it said Ovechkin and then Dowd, I was like, Oh, that's, that's pretty special. Like get to sit next to the big man. I hadn't even met him yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a superstar. Um, he's the first ballot hall of famer and, uh, he's done so much for the game and, and for that organization alone. So, uh, it's, it'll be good. You know, I, I'm guessing that this will be the end of his career after this contract. So it'll, it'll be great that, you know, he's been able to do what he's done and stayed with the same organization. So <clears throat> Nick, let's, let, let's kind of build on that a little bit. Uh, you know, there's, there's always the talk about, you know, the transition between different levels of player, right from juniors or high school up to college and then college to even minors. But I, I guess, you know, for you, you did send some time uh, down there with the, uh, the Manchester Monarchs as well as the Ontario rain. But when you did get called up, you know, can you talk about those first couple of NHL games and the experiences? And I guess, you know, what was the biggest difference for you between the game at the AHL level compared to the NHL level? Well, I mean, I think like from game to game within the game, I think that guys are just like every single player on that team is a good player. You know, you play in the minors and maybe bottom six guys are, you know, guys that have just signed out of juniors. They've just signed out of college, um, you know, and, and maybe, maybe they're just, maybe they're getting, just getting their feet wet. And I think if you've been a couple of years or even just a year in the American league, you can take advantage of guys like that guys are still trying to figure out who they are, um, you know, what type of player they are. And, and honestly, I mean, it's easy to push guys around it in, th in those types of situations. If you know, like that you can take advantage of that. Um, and I think when you get to the NHL, it's like every single line is a great line and they're all looking to take advantage of a mistake. Uh, and when there is a mistake that happens, I mean, if a goal is not scored, an incredibly high quality chance has happened and maybe your goalie made a great save, but you're probably still going back to the bench and your head coach is like, all right, we can't, you know, we can't trust the young kid right now. So um, I just thought that I was just amazed at how good all 12 forwards were and all 60 were throughout the game. Um, you know, and then it, it's just the elite players like the Alex Ovechkins the Nikki Backstrom's uh, TJ Oshies, like guys like that. I mean, they're, I mean, they have great games almost every game. So it, it, I think, along with like the whole season, what I've learned is that consistency is probably the hardest thing to do and being able to replicate what you're good at every single game. So, I mean, you know, individually, some guys are, you know, point guys, right? So they, they're required to get points every game. They're required to play well, create offense, whatever. Uh, like guy like my, myself is I'm relied on defensively. I take a lot of face-offs. I kill a lot of penalties. Um, so you have to be good at that stuff every single game uh, because it's very easy to lose your spot. But um, I think I've learned how to do that. And, and I think a lot of things that, that pushes kids out, that kids don't, I didn't understand at an early pro age, NHL especially, is like there's only six forwards on a team that are going to play like top six minutes, right? So every single kid every single player on that team, I mean, there might be a couple guys in their career that maybe were that type of player their whole life. Um, but can you guys still see me here? Yeah, there you go. But the, like every single player on that team was a top six guy their whole life. That's why they're in the NHL. I mean, they were all, mostly all of us were point guys, all, all Americans, um, you know, top 10 scores in the junior hockey leagues, whatever you want to call it, you know? And so when you get there, you got to figure out like, okay, well, like there's four centers on a team. So I'm probably not going to beat out Backy and Kuzi. You know, Lars is a great player as well. So, okay, so where's my spot? Where can I fit? Where can I stick? Um, and, you know, it's hard to understand that as a young age because you come in and you're so naive to the whole process. 
And then you get there and it's like, okay, man, here's, here's the pecking order. You're not going to beat these guys down unless you're a super elite player and they want you to get into that spot. So you have to find your role and you have to stick with it. And, you know, I think my biggest thing that I've been, you know, most proud of myself of is, is, you know, just trying to stick with it and, and trying to, trying to keep pushing in the right direction, despite having a lot of setbacks at times. Um, Cause it is tough, man. It's tough to, to push through sometimes. Cause it just feels like you're not going to get anywhere and your chance is never going to come. And, you know, lo and behold, mine came last year and I got to play with two great players on a great team and, and I had a good year and that, and that's just kind of, you have to push until you get there. And, and that's why a lot of guys fall off. They just don't, they don't understand that. They don't, they don't get to that opportunity. And, you know, before you know it, it's, they've been forced out because someone else is willing to do it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to, to see that uh, process. I mean, you think about it. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, not to be cliche or anything with, you know, with one of the best 1000 players in the world, you know, sitting in front of us. And, and I think that says a lot to a testament. You talked about your success at the collegiate level. You have seven NCAA, WCHA or NCHA awards and we're a Hobie Baker finalist. And you sit 17th all time in St. Cloud State scoring, but that all means nothing when you jump to that next level, right? Um, I do have some things to add about Manchester and Ontario, a couple questions about some players, but I wanted to go back to a point that you had made about, you know, how a simple mistake can mean everything. Uh, I'm going to go back to your first NHL game against Minnesota. It was a two to one loss. And I think uh, the game winner was actually Miko Koivo. You took a penalty. And I think that ended up being the game winner in that game. Do you remember your first game at all? You actually drew a penalty as well too, but do you remember your first game at all? Was it all kind of a blur? I mean, take us through those moments when you finally got that call up and, you know, we're wearing the LA Kings sweater uh, in the NHL for the first time. Yeah. So there's like a big backstory to that. So I, I actually got called up on like a, on like a Thursday and I was supposed to play Friday night in LA and they were playing Boston. And I was told, Hey, come down Thursday night. Uh, be prepared to skate Friday morning. Um, and we're still working through some cap issues. Uh, but you know, we need you prepared Friday morning, Friday morning to pregame skate, play Friday night and, you know, at home versus Boston. And then they go on the road. Uh, and I believe they played Minnesota. So I, I don't know. Um, I can't, I can't exactly remember the combo, but it was something like that. And we, um, I, I got all my shit packed up. Uh, I rented a car because we only had one car, my wife and I, and I couldn't leave her without a car and park mine in like LA at the airport or whatever. And uh, so I got all my stuff. I got my first call up at like four, it's like 4 PM. Uh, Blakey called me and, uh, and like, obviously you're over the moon, right? You're like, Oh my God. And Paige came in from like getting groceries and I told her, and it was just like the best moment, uh, you know, one of the best moments of my life up to that day. Cause everything just came to a head where you finally get to what you're working for. And, and you can, you know, you're like, man, I'm going to play my first NHL game, which is like at 25 years old, you know, two years of juniors, four years of college, basically two years in the American league. Um, it was a long time. So I get my call up, I get all this shit done. I get my hockey bag. I, I'm driving down there. They tell me to drive down at like 10 o'clock at night to miss the traffic. And because they had cap stuff they were working through. So like, they didn't want me to leave, whatever. So I I'm driving down, I'm like halfway there. And I already told my parents, this is like a really big deal. They called me and told me I had to turn around and come back. So I wasn't called oh, up. I wasn't called up and I had never actually been called up. It was just a phone call that, that they had made and everything was getting prepared. Um, so I, I went back, I was super bummed. Uh, I had to play two games in the American league at home, which was fine. But at the time, you know, you're just like, God, man, I, I maybe could be playing the NHL right now. Right. Um, but I had a great coach and Mike Stuthers. He knew the whole situation. The guy's awesome. You know, we still keep in touch and, uh, all, all was good, whatever. So then the games are over. I think I get called on like Sunday 
And they're like, all right, it's, you know, it's happening. We're actually going to do this. So I'm like, oh, okay. All right. This is awesome. So, and it ended up, it was a great situation because it ended up being my first game. It ended up being in the X, which was like unreal, very familiar territory. Uh, I have a bunch of my wife's family um, in Minnesota. That's where she's from. That's where we live. And uh, so I get called up, I get on the plane, um, you know, we're going there and uh, we check into this. I check into the St. Paul hotel at like nine o'clock at night. And I thought it was like the coolest thing that they had like these unreal room service menus um, that I wasn't used to seeing in American league hotels. And so I ordered like this bunch of food, ate it that night, thought I was being like a super great pro woke up the next morning. The boys were on like a back to back. So everyone was just like dead. And uh, they probably played like Winnipeg or someone they were coming down. And, and uh, I woke up, I was like the first guy they had, they didn't have a pregame skate. They just had like a stretch. Uh, so I was like the first guy down there and, um, basically everyone was like so tired. They were like walking by me, assuming that I was just like one of their buddies, but no one really gives a shit after back to back because you're all so tired and you're like, man, like you're trying to get what you can out of the, out of the morning and, and, um, you know, get yourself ready to play. So I met a couple guys, whatever. And like, of course I'm in there, like trying to do everything that I can do to get ready for this game. But, um, yeah. And I, I remember I walked over with Alec Martinez and, uh, I was asking him questions about warmups and he eventually looks at me and goes, Hey, you've done this. You've done this a bunch before. I think you're going to be okay. So, so we get in the game, I'm getting dressed. Um, and LA was filled with like a bunch of older, you know, really professional hockey players at that time. Um, so yeah, being in the locker room was pretty intimidating. Guys are super, you know, generous, really nice. I kind of kept to myself at the time and had my first game. I think I played like 14 minutes, which is unreal under Daryl, who was a tough coach to play for. Uh, and honestly, I thought I, like, that was probably one of my best games. Um, I, you know, and it was funny because I was coming up from the American league where I played like 20 something minutes a night. And I was on, you know, you're, you're, you're playing power play, penalty kill, you're taking face offs, you're doing everything. And so when I went up there, I had like legs for days because I'd only played 14 minutes and I was used to playing like 22. So I felt great, had a great game, drew a penalty in my first shift, uh, ended up taking, I got a plus on Toffoli's goal. Um, uh, you know, my wife was in the stands. It was awesome. Um, yeah. And then ended up getting called for a goal interference, uh, and Koivu scored, uh, which like, I actually didn't even remember until you told me that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then we lost two to one, I think Tanner Pierce or three to two, I think Tanner Pearson scored their first goal. I can't even remember, but, um, maybe it was two to one, but I know top scored. Uh, I was even on the power play that game. I mean, yeah, it was great. So, uh, got to see like 30 people after the game, took some photos. And, uh, I think after that we were off to, uh, we, we actually went to Winnipeg the next day and played. And that was like a whole nother animal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember that. I remember it well, and I couldn't have been, you know, happier that it happened in Minnesota. It's pretty special. Speaking of good memories, uh, Nick, obviously you don't, you know, get to that point without, you know, your collegiate career again with St. Cloud. That's, you know, kind of what we have to talk about a little bit here too, but uh, you know, four years again with the Huskies, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good numbers. So uh, over 100 points uh, in your career, again, as I know I mentioned before, uh, but is there any particular memories that stick out to you uh, during your playing career uh, at the Herb Rush National Hockey Center or maybe at uh, maybe some road games at all? Mm. I hear there was a frozen four appearance in there. Yeah, that was, a, that was a tough, that was a tough appearance though. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think the goal versus Notre Dame sticks out in my head a lot. My senior year advancing to basically, you know, we got spanked by the Gophers the next night, but 
Um, it was like two minutes left in the first overtime and uh, hadn't really had much of a game yet personally. And our team had played really well. Um, and then I just was fortunate enough to be put in a good spot and kind of shot the puck and it went in. And uh, I'll never forget that moment um, curled into the corner. And I remember seeing like my, just, you, I mean, everyone experiences it when you, you know, it, all hockey players have been through this when you score a, a goal and um, yeah, just getting mobbed by your teammates and stuff like that. I mean, that was, you know, that was, that was pretty special. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, man, there's so many memories that, that, that uh, you know, that go back to, they go back there. I think, um, you know, playing the Gophers of North Dakota, uh, you know, at, at, uh, her Brooks center was always super special. Um, you know, those games were standing room only and, uh, our crowd was so great. Um, yeah, I, I think probably that Notre Dame is probably one of my most favorite moments as a player there. So, yeah, you, you know, I, I, Nick, if I can follow up my Nick, my co-host, I should say, um, if I can follow up on that a little bit, two players I wanted to ask about that, uh, one that was with you all four years, and then one that was with you for portions of that. And then you ended up uh, in Manchester and Ontario with them, uh, Kevin Gravel and Johnny Brodzinski. Was it a little bit easier that transition to the AHL, knowing that you had two guys that, that were familiar faces when you made that transition? And I also want to add on top of that, didn't you get to play with Paul Bissonette too and win a Calder? Yeah. I mean, um, that whole year in match was great. I think we had a, a really, really like unreal team. Uh, LA was, you know, didn't call many guys up that year and they didn't need to, they had a great team too. And so our team was kind of like stuck together all year, uh, which helped. And we had some great players. Uh, a lot of NHL guys came from that team and, but grabs, yeah, grabs and I were roommates, um, in match. So that was like super helpful. We knew each other. We were roommates at St. Cloud. So basically for, you know, five years, we were roommates, um, and, uh, yeah, that was good. I, I didn't play with Johnny until, uh, we were in Ontario, um, cause he was still in school, but, uh, yeah, it was great playing with grabs. I mean, we both, you know, like what people don't know about grabs is he actually signed, like, I, I mean, I can't even, I think he was on an American league deal right away with, with LA. Um, and the guy like played so well, fought his way up. He was in and out of the lineup, which great player, you know, probably should have never happened, but they were still rotating guys. And, you know, for him to put together the career that he has has been super impressive. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> that year was good. Like I said, we had a great team, new coach, Mike Stuthers, awesome. Um, and, you know, I think we all made each other better. One, you know, we were lucky enough to win a Calder that year, which is super special for everybody that, you know, winning championships is like incredibly hard. That was the first time that the closest, that, the closest that I've come to doing it and that we actually did it. Um, yeah. And then playing with Biz, man, that guy's a special dude. Uh, it keeps the locker room light. Him and Stutzy had a really good rapport with each other. He was an older guy, kind of already played in the NHL. Um, you know, was, he was a good mentor in, in some ways um, for, for some of the young guys. Um, and he was honestly one of the best teammates I've ever seen on the ice. Uh, would fight anybody. Like, he fought super tough guys um, my first year. We had a lot of tough guys in that division. And Biz was you know, basically, I mean, you know, I heard him tell, I've heard him tell so many guys, it's, it's like, Hey, we can keep talking. It's like, it's like, Hey, it's like, if, you know, if you do that again, we're going to fight. And that's basically it. Like it wasn't, Biz didn't do a lot of, I mean, he talked all the time, but you know, if, if it came down to it, there wasn't much talking about if we were going to fight or not. I was like, okay, if it happens again, we're going to fight. And that was basically it. And, uh, you know, he allowed guys to, to play a little bit taller when they were out there with him. And I think he was a huge part of our team, uh, to win that championship. So, 
Uh, Nick, I want to follow up to you because you mentioned Daryl Sutter and uh, Daryl Sutter is famous for his Sutterisms, or maybe mm-hmm. some of the things that he, uh, he would say. I, I'm just kind of curious if you had any uh, maybe famous quotes or uh, maybe some uh, between period uh, speeches that he gave that maybe uh, I guess were off the rails or, or maybe just kind of different. Uh, I guess is there any kind of famous quotes you've had from either Daryl Sutter or other coaches you've had? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give too much away, you know, Daryl, I think, I think, I think we still have a pretty good relationship if I bumped into him, but, um, Oh, hold on a second. Yes. Hey, Paige. Sorry. I left the water running on the plants, plants outside. Got to get them off. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'll always remember is we had, uh, uh, we were playing New Jersey. Um, puck went behind the net. There was like a little bit of a scrum probably should have played the guy a lot harder. And anyways, the puck got cycled up to the D on kind of like a nothing play. The guy cut to the net, both me and the D man didn't box anybody out and they shot it. It kind of just went in like happens all the time, but definitely didn't do our jobs. Wasn't thinking anything of it at the time, you know, stuff happens and get in the locker room, we get pulled in me and the D man get pulled in. And he, I just remember like, he'll just, he just, it was just like, Oh, basically it was just like, Oh, you guys playing like a bunch of superstars. I don't have to box anybody out or, you know, don't have to play hard. And like, it was just like, yeah, it was just like classic Daryl, but he was right. And it just is so simple. Um, you know, I, I don't know, just he, I actually enjoyed playing under him. He was tough to play under as a rookie, but, uh, I think he definitely was a guy that if you did the right things and you worked hard, then he rewarded players. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you want to look him up, if people want to know about him, just YouTube him. So and then yeah. just a quick, quick yeah, follow-up here, Nick. Just, just sorry, Noah. Uh, but Laviolette, you mentioned uh, earlier that you know, uh, I guess uh, with his style, uh, with their two current linemates, is there anything that Laviolette just stylistically allows you to do that has made your line so successful uh, this last year? Yeah, I mean, I just think we get a lot of opportunity, and a lot of that starts in the defensive zone. But that's just ice time, right? Like at the NHL level, you just want to find a way to get minutes and add minutes to what you already get. So. Like, for an example, fans probably don't understand this usually, but you take a fourth-line player, and they might be lucky to get eight to ten minutes of five-on-five time a game, right? And that's if there's no penalties, no power plays. Like, the game's pretty fluid. But then you start adding in all these, you know, shorthanded opportunities or, or uh, power play opportunities, and it's like, okay, well, you might be sitting for a while. Um, but, you know, I've played on teams where – you know, I've played six to 10 minutes a game and that's like, that's hard. Right. But you got to figure out a way to do it. You got to stay with it. Um, but I think what Lavi gives us is that last year we just, you know, we started a lot of the defensive zone, regardless if our line was up or not. Uh, if there was a D zone face off, I usually w- was the guy that would take it, which was great because, Hey, we did start in the D zone, which was challenging because if you did lose the draw, you're, you're usually playing against a, uh, some pretty good forwards and then you might be spending your entire shift in your D zone, which sucks. But, um, you know, a lot of the time we focused on winning that face off, getting the possession. And then that just gave us free ice time. Like, yeah, it sucked that we had to start in our D zone, but, um, and so we, we found extra minutes there. And then, you know, between me, half and hags, we all penalty kill. So, uh, you add two or three minutes of penalty kill a game and now you're boosting your minutes up to 11 to 14. So, um, yeah, Labby gave us a lot of opportunity, uh, and, you know, in the defensive zone. Um, and we played against a lot of other teams, top lines, which, um, was, was awesome. I mean, I I think that was, that was great. I think it taught us a lot. I had never done that before in my career. Um, and a lot of those players out there, I mean, we have like super elite players on our team. Uh, so I got to play against them in practice, but 
to match up a full game against a Patrice Bergeron or, a, um, you know, like even a Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it, it, it makes you feel good that your coach trusts you to do that. So. Yeah. It must be also fun to line up on a draw against Connor McDavid. He's pretty slow. I hear. So, uh, yeah. you know, one of my favorite uh, Daryl Sutter quotes, I think it must've been the series uh, when they went, when Martinez scored that game winner in overtime against Chicago in game seven. And I think they lost game six and the, you know, they come to the press conference and they said, you know, Daryl, what'd you tell the guys after the loss? And he said, plane leaves at eight. I mean, like that was his answer, just a classic Daryl Sutter quote. So yeah. Um, yeah. Nick, I got three questions for you. I had two and thought of a third one. So I'll try to make them quick for you. Uh, my first one, I want to go all the way back to uh, your roots, uh, Alabama, Huntsville, uh, you know, Huntsville, Alabama, I should say uh, native. And then you kind of made your way through, uh, you know, Culver military prep who the player recently to follow in your footsteps was actually Nolan Walker. Who's a current senior on the Huskies men's hockey team. Then you went to the NHL, NAHL, the USHL, and then ended up as a Husky um, you know, what was that journey like being a kid from Huntsville, being able to claw your way into, you know, at that time, division one hockey, and then have you kept up at all on the, on the situation with their program and their ability to kind of, you know, find a, find a, a schedule and a conference for them to play in after this upcoming season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think just starting with your first question is um, honestly, I t- looking back on it, I think the fact that I was so naive to how hard it would be to get to the NHL was probably what allowed me to actually eventually get there. Um, you know, as a, as a player growing up anywhere, you know, Minnesota, what at Minnesota, you're, you're definitely more in tune with it a little bit because you're around a lot of other people that have been there and, you know, you have friends that have done it. You watch NHL games all the time. I mean, Minnesota and hockey are just so intertwined, but um, yeah, honestly, I, I mean, Growing up, I played because I enjoyed it. I had two older brothers that got me into it. I played a lot of mini sticks. I mean, when you look at it, like you end up practicing like an enormous amount because it's so much fun that you're outside all the time that you're just enjoying it, right? Like if you were to ask an NHL player at like 31 to go out there and be like, hey man, let's go play outside and play street hockey for three hours. You'd be like, this is insane. And, you know, you do it as a kid and it's like, oh, this is great. Like I can stay out here forever. So, you know, I think you do that. And then I played in the Huntsville Amateur Hockey Association, which was their youth program, which was great. We traveled around, we played teams like Nashville, Atlanta, Memphis, uh, you know, some bits in Florida, Birmingham. That was fine. That was awesome. Um, you know, and, and then, uh, and then we, they started that TPH Thunder, which is like a triple A program out of the Southeast. And I joined that and played and you're having fun and, you know, you're enjoying yourself and you try and be one of the best players on the ice, but you're not thinking about it like day in, day out, right. You're, you're just playing hockey. So, uh, I don't think it really hit me until I really got to St. Cloud after my, after my freshman, after my sophomore year is when I really, really, you know, in between that I played at Culver, which again, I went there, I was five, three, 110 pounds. And, uh, I went there and just went there to play hockey. You know, I didn't even like, if I had looked back on it, I'd be like, Holy shit, man, you're so far behind some of the kids in your age group that are playing prep. And I played on JV for a year, played on varsity B for a year. And not until my senior year did I make the prep team playing with guys that have been on the prep team for like four years already. And, uh, I didn't even understand that. It was just like, Oh, this is just the normal, uh, you know, way to go. So I think if someone had told me that from the beginning, it would have been, uh, you know, painful to understand that I felt that I was so far behind, but, um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things I tell young players is like, Hey, it doesn't matter where you're from, where you live. If you're good enough, someone's going to find you because people are paid to do that. 
and people like to hang their hat on finding the next, you know, whatever. And, and um, if you continue to play and you enjoy it, and like I said, if you're a good player, someone's going to find you. Like you don't even know when people are watching. I mean, my old recruitment story is like hilarious about uh, Eric Rude losing. Uh, I think it, I forgot even how their season ended, um, but they lost. He was pissed. So he was like, I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm leaving the next day. I'm out. So he left, flew up to Washington state uh, or maybe Seattle or like whatever it was to watch the BC league was like bored somehow ventured into one to watch a game. Cause he was like, Oh, like whatever. Like I'm just so sick of being in Minnesota right now. Cause we lost and we should still be playing. And it was in playoffs. And then like, he sees me, I don't know. He's there. Right. Like at all. And he sees me and he's like, Oh, okay. This is a good player. Right. And, and, and it helped that I had one of my better games. It could have been a shit game for me, but it helped that I had a better game. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Reuter calls Bob, Bob, you gotta get out of here and watch this Nick Dow kid. And Bob's like, no, I'm not coming out there. There's no way. Like I'm not going all the way out to an ash here. Our season's over. I want to be with my family. He's like, you got to come out here. So then all of a sudden, like uh, Gasparini from LA, Reuter knows him. So he calls, you got to come watch this kid. So Gaspo is like, oh. so Gaspo tells me the story, you know, he's like, so I'm sitting there. I just got back from like a 10 or 15 or something day road trip. You know, I'm there with my wife and he's like, I wake up Sunday morning. I get this phone call and he, and he turns and he's sorry, honey, I got to go. So he gets on another flight, flies up to Washington, watches me. I didn't even know Gaspo was there. Um, and then finally, you know, they're like, Bob, you got to come out. So Bob's like, you know, you know, Bob, he's like, he's like, oh, okay. He's like, fine, I'll come out there. So he goes out there, watches me. And then I had a meeting with him that night and, uh, you know, not a meeting, but I, you know, I talked to him, whatever, how they're allowed to talk to you after the game and say hi. And two weeks later I was committed. So um, they're going to find you, you know, like, enjoy playing, keep playing. Um, and like I said, you know, if you're good enough, they're going to find you, but, um, yeah. So. Yeah. Not, uh, not bad for a 2009 seventh rounder. Um, as you meander your way through your house there, um, yeah, I got to plug in here. Got to plug in. I can't lose you fellas. <laughs> yeah. My second to last question for you, uh, has to do with uh, the current situation, which you find yourself in, uh, you are entering your contract here. Um, you know, what is that like, I guess, from, you know, a player standpoint, you know, entering a contract here, knowing you had a good season last year, but you know, you got to be on every night in order to kind of earn that next bid and kick at the can, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's obviously something to acknowledge, but I, I don't put a lot of thought into it. I think, um, you know, I think that's probably for me, that's the best way to do it and, and continue just to, to go out and I want to get better this year. So um, I could care less that it's my contract year. I want to have a better year than I did last year and, and get better as, you know, um, and then move forward. So that I think that's, you know, that's how I'm approaching it. And and I don't put, honestly, I don't put a lot of thought into it. So, yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck, obviously in that, um, you know, and once again, we thank you for joining us. My last question revolves around St. Cloud hockey. You mentioned Bob Motzko. Uh, I believe you got a chance to uh, be at the alumni golf tournament um, last week as well. Speaking of Bob Motzko, a nice little tribute to Mac there as well. You know, what does that golf tournament mean to you? And, you know, was it nice to get back, you know, with the boys and kind of hang out for a little bit uh, and uh, kind of get your mind away from hockey? Yeah, it was good. I mean, that was my first one that I've attended. I hate to say that, but um, I, we've been busy you know before and all the other ones and uh it was awesome i mean you get back and you get to see a lot of guys that 
you know, you're relatively close with, but you necessarily haven't seen. Um, and especially with this past year and a half with COVID, I mean, you know, that that's a different story, but yeah, it was good. I think you pack all the guys. I, it's just like, it's something to be said that when you pack a bunch of guys that have been through the same experience as you into like the same bar, uh, you know, it's just like a lot of fun, right? You kind of fall right back into to where you left off and it's, it's, it's super easy to, to, to have a lot of fun. So, um, the golf was not so good. Our team sucked, but, uh, Jen's carried our team, but, um, yeah, I mean, that that's beside the point. I think I, I was playing till I could get to the, get to get to the bar to see the fellas. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. I, I hope they, you know, we continue to do that every year. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, Nick, again, uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, first of all, you're uh, definitely the next season. Hopefully uh, we can keep, uh, you know, the full 82 game schedule that this COVID thing just does not keep uh, kind of interfering. I know it's been crazy and like we're all just kind of over it, but uh, it's been crazy. But again, we do thank you very much for taking the time out of your day. Uh, again, good luck. And uh, yeah, go Huskies. How about that? Can you hit us with a go Huskies? Woo. We got a go Huskies. There we go. Nick, oh, thanks yeah. again on here as the uh, episode number 72 here for the Healthy Scratch interview. And once again, uh, always a blast to sit down with any St. Cloud State alumni. But you know what? When they play in the show, Nick, it makes it a little bit sweeter. I got to be honest with you. Um, I mean, any kind of parting thoughts that you had about uh, this episode here with Mr. Dowd? You know, I love the initial story uh, about, uh, you know, him getting the call, um, you know, that his wife was, you know, uh, you know, having their first child. And again, I think he hits it right in the head. You know, there are just there's certain things that, you know, just you have you have in your head the timing. But, you know, it's it's so early. And then just asking, you know, what do I do? And it took, you know, a couple of different uh, personnel within the organization just to be like, no, you got you got to go. So I thought that was pretty fun. But, uh, you know, honestly, just an incredibly, you know, well um, articulate interview with Nick Dowd. And uh, uh, again, you know, wishing the best of the luck with Washington, the upcoming season. Uh, again, just fantastic that we were able to get a chance to sit down and talk with him. Yeah. I was going to kind of re reiterate the same thing. You know, I, I think it means a lot. I got to give a shout out right now to Bill Prout uh, from center SU for making that connection for us at the alumni golf tournament and kind of hooking us up uh, with Nick um, getting him on the show. And of course, Nick, obviously he didn't, you know, he didn't have to come hang out on our rink eating podcast. He's got a friend in Paul Bissonette that apparently has a little bit more successful one related to hockey podcasts, if you will, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. So we appreciate Nick, uh, you know, and uh, wish him obviously the best of luck uh, this year with the Capitals. With that being said, Nick, that will do it for episode number 72 of the Healthy Scratch Interview segment. As always, check us out on Sundays. Episode number 73 is coming your way if I can figure out how, you know, plus one works in the math world there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk, uh, I think probably some more NHL hockey. That's kind of been the big news that's going on uh, in the world of hockey. Um, Nick, anything else to add or should we say sign on to the folks here? So yeah, I got a Spanish final to take. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll check in on Sunday and see how that goes for you. Poor K as they say, that will do it. <laughs> and we'll see you next week in the deck. Now 
42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.